so hi, I'm Allison, and I'm with Jenny, of course, and her son, Nick, who is all the way down in, at Utah, uh, I guess it's uh, not Utah Valley anymore. Yeah, it's uh, Orem, Utah, what's it, Utah Valley uh, University, and I'm studying psychology, so. Yeah. yeah. And I am being totally vulnerable today because you're going to see all the spots, all the behind the scenes, <laughs> the real deal of me and Nick's relationship. Which yes. Bring Nick, it on. You have to do at least tell one fault that your mom made. One error. in. Oh, we'll have more than one. We'll have more than one. <laughs> We're just going to talk with Nick and Jenny about um, the Nick's coming out experience and how Jenny got to be the calm Um like life coach kind of mother that, <laughs> that she is. So let's jump right in. So Nick, when did you know that you were gay? I knew as young as I was probably in middle school. Uh -huh. um, I would say that it was first a small feeling of like, you know, I feel like my friends at school are like a little, I'm, I'm attracted to them and I don't know if that's normal. And that's kind of when like the curiosity began. And um, and ever since that uh, year, I would say it took me probably three or four years to understand what the meaning of gay was. Because mm -hmm. uh, I was really young. I, you know, that's that wasn't a word that was like thrown around a lot at my time. Right. Um, people would actually uh, call me gay, though, and really, I didn't know what it was at first. I didn't know, and and so I just went on face, and then I realized what it was later on, and I was like, well, I mean, it's kind of true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, and junior high is really the time. I mean, that's when I started having sixth grade. I remember starting to have crushes in junior high for sure. Yeah, and that's when you Hard start to crushes. learn about everything. Every every one around you is so like hormonal and everything is yeah. a disaster yeah um <laughs> but middle school is a disaster <laughs> yeah <The hormonal. laughs> um but then in high school um i was able to start uh accepting myself um i mean there were a lot of moments where i was like you know i'm gonna try my hardest and like even if people don't believe me i even wrote papers about how gay marriage leads to like marrying horses and stuff like that when i was in like eighth grade so yeah. i i was totally like please don't let me be gay please yeah. and i just had to kind of surrender like you know my identity and be able to say like and my mom says this all the time it's it's just a small fraction of me and there's so much more food faith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't want to focus on one thing that, that will take my attention away from, you know, my, my whole life. Um, Which is such good advice. Cause I think sometimes or oftentimes it becomes everything about you. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the parent thinks that. Right. And like Allison and I were talking about, like, won't it be lovely when, um, a parent announces like their child is gay and everyone's like, okay, like it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? or sometimes it's like, oh yeah, we, we got that. Yeah. Or just like come home and be like, hey, I'm dating this guy and not even have to say I'm gay. You just yeah. walk in and that's how yeah. it goes. Yeah. Well, I, so Jenny, did you see it on Nick? Um, I think we saw, I mean, he was always a little, um, different like what he was drawn to like diamonds and beauty like he saw the world very differently from us uh -huh. um and he always was very artistic and like just beauty was really always um a driving force for him beautiful things beautiful colors right. and so we he wasn't the typical boy but we didn't really think for sure like this was our child's gay but there was like an inkling an inkling sure i'd say inkling for sure yeah so I always, you know, this is a big thing for me. Did you feel like a spiritual inkling? Like, hey, you should watch out for that. Do you think it might? Um, yeah, I definitely had experience in the temple. And that kind of drove me to like ask Nick where the Lord's like, this is what you're dealing with. 
And I came home and talked to Nick's dad, John, and we had a conversation. And so we were really mindful with um, how we wanted to broach Nick about the possibility of him being gay. Yeah. I love it. I love that the spirit's in this with us. I mean, like, yeah. how can we do it? Yeah. It's time, you know, in this day and age. Okay. Yeah. So Nick, when did you come out to the world? Well, let's see, Jenny, let's talk about um, how, so how, how did you, you, how did you kind of approach that with Nick? Yeah. John? Yeah. John and I really thought like it would be best. Nick and I have always had a really close relationship. If um, not that him and his dad aren't close, they're close too, but just maybe oh, if we weren't. Sons. Yeah. They, he loves his, his dad. His dad adores him. And, and he's, his, our, he's our only son. So yeah. we're so thankful that we have him. And he, you know, we thought I, like a date, we always do these dates one-on-one because -on -one we have six kids. So the one-on-one -on -one we love. And so I took Nick to um, this museum that was really cool. And then we had lunch and we decided like, I would just ask him that day in a really safe place, what's going on with him. Good, good. Yeah, and it totally caught me off guard. <laughs> totally. <laughs> were, you okay to, were you okay to answer? Say that again? Were you okay to tell them then? Did you feel safe enough to tell them? Yeah. Um, because leading up to that moment, um, I mean, I had started to tell my friends, um, so I told my, my closest friend, Caitlin, and I told my, my cousin Callie and I, those are like the closest people that I was like, you know, friends with at the time. And, um, like I really, really could trust to not let it out, mm -hmm. um, so I think I was coming to terms with it at that moment. Um, but it definitely caught me by surprise because I, I was hoping, I mean, I, I wasn't hoping to come out. In fact, I actually, I actually think that worked out better because it felt like I, like my mom came to me and I felt safer than, you know, standing up in front of everyone and being like, Hey, I'm gay. It, it just was like a nice, it, it just felt calmer, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, so and the build up, the anxiety, the buildup of having to come out to people <laughs> must be pretty, yeah. serious. It's oh, yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's so good. Okay, and then um, how did you all handle it, moving it from your, like you and your mom and your dad to the kids, to the girls and the family, and then how did you move it out the next step? Because there's steps, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, and Jenny, how did you feel when Nick came out, that Nick came out to um, his friends first and his cousin? Were you okay with that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, you always want to be the first, right? right. But That's I totally understand. Yeah, I totally understand it. I mean, he knew he could tell his friends and they wouldn't feel any disappointment. They would just love him. And he didn't know that for us. Like yeah. even telling us, he knew we would be smallly sad for this, right? Cause this is not what we thought his life would be. And so I totally get that where you need to go to where the safest place for you. And as a teenager, it's not always your parents. That's just how it is. Um, you know, and I remember when it was such an emotional day for you, Nick, when we were talking about it, and you really like had this fear that you would be um, kicked out of the family. But, yeah, you know. I, I thought that because I had heard stories about yeah. like children in Utah getting kicked out of their houses. And I was like, I can't believe that like this is a thing. And that's, that's like, I just prepared myself for the worst because I was like terrified. And that's a lot. Yeah, I would say terrified. Yeah. yeah. Terrified is a great word for like when somebody comes out, they're terrified. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To have to get yourself prepared to be kicked out of a family. That, talk about some anxiety. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty absolutely. gnarly. Yeah. So um, Nick, she said, your mom said there was a little sadness, a small sadness. Did you have to go through the morning of what you thought you would be to who you were? Um like you mean like depression or Not depression, but you know you're going on this thing you're like I'm this a Mormon I'm a kid for, back then you were Mormon now mm -hmm. you have to be from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints but you were mm -hmm. a Mormon kid and you were planning to marry a woman and that was the story and was there like a mourning I mean like um like I always feel like there's sometimes when we give up one thing 
yeah that we wanted yeah for what we really know that we need to do there's a mourning period yeah it was i mean this was also in the in the process of when i was starting to to put the pieces together and i started to you know come to the fact where i was like i'm i don't think this is gonna work like i don't think i'm gonna be able to to work within the lines of like what the church wants me to do and there was a point where like i i went to a, a scouting retreat or whatever like with the boy scouts and i had some close friends with some of the young men and at that time and after i decided to open up to them about it and i kind of like was like you know you guys are my only guy friends like i just want to let you know like this is what's happening um the reaction was like really really bad and they they were like nick this is something that is all up to you you can totally change this you this doesn't be your life and like at that point i was like what am, what do i do like i i'm on a trip with these guys i like this is my church this is like the people that like i grew up with and they are not listening they they just don't want to talk about it yeah and so that definitely hurt that that hit deep and then there were moments when i was just at church and it was hard for me to hear like the the lessons about the uh um the eternal family in between a man and a woman and those lessons just kind of really i had to step out at points because i was like this just hurts my feelings yeah um and you don't want it to it's not like i'm i'm like trying to look for reasons to get mad but it is like i can't ignore the fact that like the people that like i i love like are saying no to to something that i can't control yeah so and we were talking before, oh, go ahead, Jenny. No, I was just saying, and, but luckily you did have a lot of young, strong young woman friends. And I thought they were yeah. extraordinary, you know, yeah. and really worked over the backwards to like make you feel included and make you feel loved, you know? I mean, would you yeah, agree with that's that? that's very true. I, I definitely, I got a very split um, reaction from a lot of people because there were people that would like, you know, say it was fine, but then I found out that they unfollowed me on Instagram after, and I'd be like, okay. And then there would be the people that like would be like uh, not interested at all, like like the scouters. Um, and then there would be the young women and some other people that would be so like caring and so generous, and like even if like they didn't believe in the cause like itself they they were there to be able to say like hey i'm here for you like i know this is going to be hard and like you're my friends and i'm here and it, yeah. it was just very nice that's yeah. awesome that's awesome so in your scouting story and when we were talking before because i just barely met you today um yeah. even though i've heard so much about you but um you were talking about being in your uh your your church classes like sunday school and whatnot and mm -hmm. hearing kind of the story like like you said of family yeah. eternal family and um something really struck me as you were talking about that even with the scouters because oftentimes you'll hear lgbtq members and even families say there's no place for me here mm -hmm. and um that really struck me because i always think of it as like feeling uncomfortable as an adult there's no place you know we've like having no friends having no friends nobody to support you but really like in the vision of the church that we teach you as you mm -hmm. there's no place for you in that and yeah. that has to feel incredibly empty yeah yeah and, and it's hard to i mean it is hard to grasp the fact that like i there's no manual like to get through this there's no you know, I, I can't sit down and just study, like, I don't know, it, I won't have a calling. Um, it's, it'll be, I mean, it's kind of sad, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so sad. And I think That's, like the, the advice you gave me too, because I said, well, there is going to be youth leaders who listen to this and who like, what do, what do you do? And then do you remember what you told me where like, you know, if you're teaching a lesson, what you should do? 
Um, what what did I say? Well, you're like, don't make don't make them a project. You're like, be careful oh, of that. Nobody likes to be a project. I mean, but they said, if you just had a conversation before saying, this is what I'm teaching about. Yeah. Just know I'm not trying to be insensitive, and I try to teach this the way this. So just so that you were prepared emotionally, that you felt like you'd be more comfortable in that lesson if they, it was just like a conversation of love beforehand. Yeah. yeah, like if if the Sunday teacher came up to me before and I, you know, maybe the Sunday teacher didn't know, you know, or whatever, but, you know, if by chance he knew, it, it would have been very nice and considerate if he came up to me and was like, this is going to be the lesson, like, I, I just want to let you know, like, it might feel a little uncomfortable, you like can leave the room if you want, like, if you need to, yeah. but I just let you know. So good. And, that would make, make me feel a little bit more like, okay, like this guy makes me feel included. You know? Yeah. Well, he's just so looking out for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How simple is that too? It's just a conversation. Yeah. You know? We've done it yeah. for years in Relief Society when we have to give the, the marriage talks and we've yeah. got with the divorcee board that are divorced mm -hmm. or single and never been married or, you know, trying to, you know, whatever. So it's not like this is new territory for so us. True. So true. Yeah. Right. And I love my my position is more that what Elder what uh, Elder Ballard said that he knows that there's a purpose. You know, we spend so much time thinking about the purpose of man and woman. So what is the purpose? Like, clearly, the Lord sent a whole bunch of gay kids and transgender kids to the earth. Like, what is the purpose for them in the gospel? I, I, I wish we could be more hopeful, like, hey, you know, you're sitting in a class and saying there's, you're talking about the plan of salvation and eternities. There's, I believe that there's a place for everybody. Yeah. All, everyone in the choir ha is, has a purpose. So we don't understand what God's purpose for gay people are and what he, what his desires are there. I don't mm -hmm. think we've heard any of it. So, you know, just keeping that hope open is what we talk about a lot in our house. Yeah. 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 So good. I really love that because it really drives home, even the scouting story. There's no place. I don't yeah. feel like it's there's a place. I don't feel like I can sit down and, you know, even, uh, or what do you call it? Uh, coming out here to Utah, it's totally different. Um, being surrounded by Mormons you kind of almost like expect a reaction to like you being gay or even like the question and the question doesn't like really bug me that much if somebody really wants to know you know I'm, I'm fine with saying like yeah I'm gay but it's also like you know I I'm here at church or I'm here like with a group of friends we're not here to discuss each other's sexuality. I'm not coming up to you and being like. What a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's really good. Okay. So we, um, we stopped talking about the coming out process, but how, how did that work in your family with the younger girls? Cause you're the oldest. And then how did you do it? I know you come from big families, mm -hmm. your, your extended families and the world. Like, did, how did you guys do that? Was it a, an effort together? Jenny, what did you, what would you say? You know, it's kind of a blur. I don't know, Nick, I don't remember ever sitting the girls down. Do you? No, I don't either. Yeah. I just, like, so they just threw it. Yeah. Nick was kind of yeah. um, like, this was not an easy period in our family at all, because Nick was also going through a extreme amount of depression and anxiety, yeah. which was really tied to this, I'm sure. And um, so you know, just processing it was so much for him. When I look back, I just have so much compassion for him for what he was going through. And I, I think John and I were going through pain too. So I don't think we were as clean as we should have been to help him. Um, but it wasn't ever like, we don't talk about it either. Like it was just, it just kind of happened naturally. It was just mm -hmm. like, this is what Nick's dealing with. And we were really honest and authentic pretty much with everybody, my family, John's family. And so, um, I don't know of any really negative experiences Nick has had with any of his extended family, but Nick, you could be honest because this is, people want to hear it all. To be embraced. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it was almost like uh, heartwarming to see how, sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. To see how my sisters took it because it was so pure. 
And I know that my sisters are very, very pure and just like pure hearted. And so it was definitely heartwarming to see like Grace totally like embrace it and be fine with it. Um, That definitely made me feel like I had some people on my side Um, and all of my family. Yeah. So he has, yeah, he has like I got lucky. Eighty aunts and uncles. <laughs> so he has I, so, I have so many aunts and uncles, and all of them, you know, make an effort to, you know, not even say anything about that, but just to be kind and stuff. And, it, and it's nice. It's awesome. Yeah. I think that is a really good um, thing. What you just said, because I said to Allison, I feel like Nick, like you look for evidence that you're not loved or not included sometimes because you're wor- you're worried about that because you yeah. and, and that our in our home when we were struggling so much was I I was so insecure yeah I mean I I just had no like self-esteem and so like especially with with me battling through like how am I gonna get how am I gonna include myself in the church I can't even like include myself in like my friend groups I'm not the same as everyone and it, it just like continued to like smack down my like my self-esteem and like once I was able to actually you know uh work on it for a while and I was able to like be okay with myself I was able to accept the fact that you know this is going to be the way it is and I'm awesome for it and it doesn't matter you know yeah we finally found a really good therapist for Nick so don't be get outside help because I don't know of a family who could do this without a really good therapist. For sure. Like, well, and a lot of it's the anxiety, like Nick's talking yeah. about, just yeah. like the internal anxiety of like shifting from who who you thought you would be to who you are. Right. And mm-hmm. there's not a lot of great role models yet. No. I mean, and we're, great, grow, we're growing a great generation of amazing role models. Yeah. Like the youth are yeah, the youth are so much better than the adults yeah. right now. But like what I was saying is like, because you were so much anxiety and depressed and stuff, you would, you, and you still, I still catch you sometimes doing this, looking for evidence that you're not loved the same and you're not included the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as parents and family members, like you said, your aunts and uncles, they just always be kind and include, they like go over extra. It yeah. is kind of needed with LDS, LGBTQ kids because they are looking for evidence of not being included. And there is a lot of evidence that they aren't included, right? In the gospel yeah. plan, they don't see themselves. And so we do have to go over and do extra and include and be kind and be interested in them as a person so mm-hmm. that we are extra reassuring. I think that's a really important point here. I think yeah, because so. when you're feeling that anxiety and when you're feeling like you like are you're beating yourself up, it's you could see somebody walking on the street and laughing with their friend. And then you could be like, that's totally about me. Like they're talking about me and assume. And it's like, you know, it's, it's totally your brain. Like it's, it's not reality. And sometimes I fell for it. And um, another thing that I wanted to say um, was it's, I also see that, you know, it's hard for parents, I'm sure to, to get the news because it's like, where, where do you fit in your child into the church? Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like I, I haven't heard anything about this issue until he turns 16 and came out. And then what now? Like, I, I haven't even considered this. And so I think for people who are like learning about their, their children coming out and stuff like that, um, you know, it's, it's important to, to realize that you're both, you know, figuring it out together. And it's like, a it's a joint team effort. And if I didn't have my parents with me or my friends or anyone, I would just like, I, I probably would be a lot worse off. And I probably would have not been as successful as, you know, I feel like I am today. So I, I think it's important for people to just be like I said, kind, even if it's just not related to the issue at all. And yeah. it's just being kind. And and we did not do everything perfectly. I don't want that to be the message. Like we, John and I made a lot of mistakes. Nick made mistakes. Like it was a normal family. Like, you know, there was a lot of tension, a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did forgive 
like, like don't give up. There's going to be rough spots. And I know like our relationship with Nick is so much closer because of those rough spots. Like we didn't give up. He, like, he always knew, like we absolutely loved and adored him. And so he was patient with us and we try to be patient with him and like, just keep going. Like it's never too late to fix or to get help. Like if you're not talking to your child right now, just start talking to them, start loving them how you want them to be loved because it's so worth it. Like I, I love our relationship with Nick and Mm -hmm. that he's part of our family. And I would be so sad if we couldn't have repaired it and gotten better and dug deeper, you know? Yeah. It's about communication and it's about, you know, working through it together as a team, as a family. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what it, what made me feel like I was the most accepted was that we all did it together. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to another point that we had talked about beforehand, but um, sometimes when, and you can just count on it, that um, some of the things that Nick's going to say, or that your child's going to say, as they are coming to this for themselves, are going to be shocking, right? Some of the things you do are going to be shocking, mm-hmm. especially if you yes. have had a lot of experience uh, with kids who, you know, if you haven't had a lot of gay kids in your, in your like orbit. Um, so how, Jenny, how do you manage the um, like overreaction and kind of how do you re- manage all of that? When Nick, you start you- saying, oh no, you can't do that. I know. And, like, and am, am I it's just like, mm. It took me a while, but did, would you say, Nick, now I do manage my overreaction well? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> yeah. We are real. Yeah, well, and we have a similar overreaction too, so it's... Yeah, yeah. well, moms aren't so good at <laughs> no. their reaction. And I think, like, we, like I was saying, like, we are under this illusion that um, with our timeouts and spankings that, you know, if we, we <laughs> control our child and control what they do, and that's our role right? To set these parameters and set this, like, this is the way to God. And this is, this is what a good parent does. You know, we're, we're telling the scriptures that if we don't, yeah. And if we don't teach them that we're be condemned, right? Like God tells us that. And so when they start doing things that are not with God's plan, you feel like you're disappointing, like not only your child, but heavenly father. And that's a really heavy weight. And Mm -hmm. it took me a while to realize, oh no, 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 it's not the control. In fact, I've never been able to control who can control the human beings, who can control a two-year-old, even though you think right. the timeout is. It's just, mm-hmm. just a total delusion. And when I realized like my role was not to control, but to just love and to listen and to help in whatever way I can to help him get to the next best version of himself, that like changed the game for me. So when I hear things that I don't particularly like. Um, that he is doing. I don't feel like it's a failure on me and that something's gone wrong. I just view it as like, all right, this is like Nick's choice and Nick's lesson. And like, I'm just listening and watching and observing. And I always have this thought and I tell this Nick all the time, he's totally going to figure it out. And Nick will, he's totally going to figure it out. And Nick is a kid who's had to like touch the hot stove, even though I told him it's hot. He's the one who touches the hot stove because he loves information for himself and that firsthand experience. And it's like been lovely to see his growth through touching the hot stove, because I see so much of this amazing human being he's being. And like that, you have to realize like how your kid learns and how your child, um, is going to react, interact with God and kind of get out of the way. And yeah. that's kind of what I give. Well, and that's what we've done in our family. Like I just say to Jake, like you stay connected to Christ and you know, you keep getting that, that, uh, you know, the spirit there and you're good to go. Like you can, same with all of the kids, right? Like yeah, you're connected with the spirit. You'll know what you're doing is wrong and you'll know what's right. And you, it might take you a couple of months before you figure out that you're doing something really stupid. Yeah. But eventually if you stay connected, um, the spirit will like kind of push you and say, "Mm -mm, try this something else or don't do that. Or I know that from plenty of experience. What would you say is the most effective um, when we parent eunuch? Because we parent all different styles, right? Um, I mean, in the past few years, I felt like everything that I've been able to say to you guys, you are able to listen to without like, uh, 
you know, having a overreaction or you guys are just accepting about it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just the conversations that we have, like in your room where we like sit down for like three hours. And I just like talk about, we, we just talk about everything and go through every little detail. And then I feel like I have voiced my opinion and, and I feel like I've been listened to. And I think it's important to listen to people, especially, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm learning about psychology and if you can't look across the table at somebody and like, listen to them, they're not going to be invested in you. They're not going to want a like relationship with someone that just doesn't want to care about your interests. No. Um, so I think the fact that you guys were able to approach me, even when sometimes I didn't want to, and we had these sit downs and we were able to speak about everything that was definitely like the, the reason why I was so open with you guys. And so, um, and now because of that, I feel so comfortable. Like, I feel like I could be like, Hey, I am dating someone new and I don't feel like I have to be like, you know, sipping on eggshells and or any, anymore. Yeah. It's awesome. So what kind of response, like if you throw something at your mom, that's a little shocking. Uh, what kind of response did they give you in those years that they've gotten really good at it? Like, what, what, is it just kind of a, oh, okay, that they do or? Um, well, I mean, I guess I'll use an example. Um, this one's kind of a little vulnerable, um, but this, uh, a while ago, I had this problem um, with, with drugs for a while. And I was petrified to, to tell them about it, except I knew that I had to at one point because it was just getting out of control and I needed help. And, you know, like when there is something like that now, I automatically go to my parents. I, I no longer have to like go to my friends. Obviously, like I'll tell them, but the first person I call is my parents because I just can be like, honest and when I when I came to them and when I was like I'm having an issue and I I need some help and I want to do this like together it was so much better I mean like I I was expecting a lot worse I was expecting like Nick we're so disappointed like you've gone through this before and like I can't believe you'd screw up like you're your uh, progress and it was really just like Nick we are here for you and we're going to help you get through this and that's it and I was like wait really yeah well, because <laughs> you know we realized you you beat yourself up way more than we need to you know what I mean you're you're yeah. usually everybody's their harsher harshest mm -hmm. critic Mm -hmm. And um, we need to like love the human beings better, you know, and this is what our Allison and I's whole mission is, is like, you know, like you said, like, if you could have wished the gay away, you would have and you try to. Mm -hmm. And if we could just love and come from a place of like, okay, what now? You, you're, you have this, like, you know, this, your drug use, okay, now, what do you want to do about it? Because mm -hmm. it's your journey. It's your um, life journey with God, right? And so- mm -hmm. Oh, if we could just be better guides and drop the judgment of each other's actions, because it's not like dad and I are perfect or have ever been perfect, you know? And so just helping each other. It's so I much. Loved, I love Nick, how you knew you needed your parents to help you through this. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a family effort getting each other through mm -hmm. this world. Right. And Absolutely. you felt drawn to your parents. And even though you worried that they would be disappointed, you needed them and you knew that, that they could help you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just, I listen to that story and I think of all the kids who don't have a parent or parents to come home to and sit at their parents, the feet of their foot of their bed and say um, how they are so sad and this thing is happening. And um, I just loved, I, I loved hearing your telling of that. And it is vulnerable to share that kind of information, but you knew where you needed to go and how like our heavenly parents we think they're going to be so disappointed and so like oh allison you did mm -hmm. it again but really yeah. it's just like no sit with us and let's figure this out 
and we'll we'll figure it out. I mean, I just think it's such a godly way of being a parent, and it's hard. Your parents did a lot of work to get there. Mm -hmm. and you've done a lot of work to get there where you are, and you know we stumble and we fall. And heavens, you're in height in college, could be yeah. a lot worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. It could be a lot worse, but it, it was, it's so it. worth it. The work, like like our relationship with Nick is so lock solid, like, and that wouldn't have happened unless we went through the door of hard. Yeah. And so, you know, being gay and LDS is the door of hard. There's no soft spot. We can't make it easy for you, no. but it's such a blessing. Like, and people like, are like, how could you think that? I'm like, why? Because I've learned to love Nick for Nick, not for anything else, but just because of this amazing spirit person he is. And like, he's my son, regardless of the choices he makes or who he is. Like he has so many gifts and I've been able to like, like not love him because he went on a mission or not love him because he went to the temple, like, you know, just like because of his actions, but love him because he's Nick. Yeah. And that I don't think would have come if I hadn't had to go through the do door of heart, you know? So, I mean, but Nick, like your, your journey through the church, like, I know you still love the church and when you're home, you do all the stuff with us and you pray and everything. But I know like you've told me before, like, it's really hard going to the chapel and you feel like you're being judged and church is not always comfortable for it with you. Um, you know, how are you balancing that? Um, it's, it's definitely nice to go with someone. Um, I, I like to be with somebody like not alone in the chapel, which I feel like is kind of normal, but, um, and I would say, I mean, the more that I pray, the more that I, I've, I've been praying a lot more lately because I've, I've been like, slacking on it for the the last like last last month and I was like okay I need to get back on my game and so I've been praying a lot and it's definitely helping um and with this like I've I've been able to like pray for like you know let's hopefully find somebody someday that is LDS as well and that I can work like a relationship out with and also like be able to still be part of what I believe in and be comfortable in it. And I, I guess just having the hope that, you know, there, there is a plan for us. Maybe we just don't have the answers right now. And, you know, God's never been easy to, you know, get anything from it's, it's going to be patience. I have to give my patience and I have to be okay with what he's saying right now. And at some point, you know, maybe he'll be like, you guys get the heck in the, you know, freaking temple right now and get married. And, you know, I can just hope for that. And I guess just praying and stuff like that makes me feel like I can attend church because it's for God and not because it's for everyone else around me. It's, it's just for me, you know, I'm here to learn and I'm here to just do my thing it's my journey so I think I think it's still difficult to go into the um church building sometimes um just because you you do kind of feel a little bit of judgment and it might not even be judgment but rather like curiosity and I I just think of it as judgment and I just that's the way that my mind you know analyzes it but I mean like I said, if, if I am able to stop myself in the moment and if I'm able to say, okay, like, what's the purpose of me being here right now? Like, what, what am I supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. I'm going to obviously be like, I'm not here to look fancy in front of people. I'm here to learn and I'm here to repent and I'm here to be a part of the church. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like, why even go? I like that. Mm -hmm. Like, focus on the why. Yeah. That's really good. Well, and just, you're here to be connected to the Savior. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what church, yeah. that's what church aids in, right? Right. Yeah. And, and if you are heart. about everyone's opinions around you, you're not keeping an open mind to everything that the Spirit's trying to tell you, you know, like, there could be a great lesson right in front of your eyes, except you're too busy on, like, who's looking at you and worrying about that stuff to even, you know, get 
to even build your testimony even more. Right. So, but I think I think you keep a good um, focus on it though, because um, I, we, his sister was going on a mission, so we went out to Utah, and he came with us to church with her in her church, and and he, he didn't really want to go, but I'm like, I'm going to really slice so you have to go to the Elder Squirm, and of course, what was that lesson on that day, Nick? Marriage. Uh, yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, really God, like marriage, like the one time I'm with Nick yeah. here. But the funny thing is like how you just kept your sense of humor about it. Like you got in the car and you're like, you should hear how these freshmen are such experts on marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were just able to laugh and you like, you have a really, I think you've done a really good job because I know this is some pain points and you like are trying to see past that pain and still find your place in the community. Cause this is still your community. And I think you're finally realizing like, yeah, you don't have to walk away from this community. People want you here. You, you know, the judgment that you feel sometimes is your own eternal judgment. You know, like you said, like, yeah. I, like you are working through your own feelings and like you are in the circle of Christ. Like nobody could kick you out of it. And mm -hmm. I, I love how you're starting to like, figuring this out for you. And I love that we're, we've been able to be patient with it. Like, I know there's sometimes you're not comfortable going to church, but when you're home, that is your church with us. And you're very like open to the spirit and listening and not yeah. angry about that. And I think you're just handling it beautifully. And, and I think it's just a journey and like to be patient with it. And you are. Thank you. So good. Thank you. It's so good. You're doing, you're both doing so great. And and uh, I think it's just, I mean, I think it's remarkable. It's where the family, it's where you should be working through this is with your family, Yeah. your own family. You have your own family, right? I mean, if not your family, then who would you work this through, Nick? Who would you, who would, who would you do this with? I mean, I, it wouldn't be the same with my friends. I mean, my mom has, you know, the wisdom of like, <laughs> I don't know, a million years. I feel like she knows everything. I know I, I can call her at any point and she can tell me what to do. And like, it's always like the best way of doing it. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want to hear it sometimes. <laughs> no, but yeah, and, and yeah. I think I think the important thing too is like you realize like whoever you get married to, you want Christ in that relationship. Yeah. Because you see that when dad and I, and like they're like any marriage is better when you have Christ and you're both trying to live um, his values and be like him. And so I think that's what motivates you because you know that the family is better with the church. Yeah. And yeah, I'm motivated to find somebody that I can go to church with. Like I said, I, I have hope that like there, I mean, there are so many people that are struggling with the same thing. And like, I'm sure that there are people out there that, you know, like have almost the exact same story, uh, maybe harder, maybe easier, maybe, you know, it's, it's all different, but like, I, I personally have the dream of getting married and, uh, being able to go to church every day with my kids and going to see my sister's kids' baptisms and my baptisms and everything. I, I, I don't want to lose that part of my identity i don't i don't know why there has to be like a smash split it, why can't we just like all mush it together and be okay with it <laughs> yeah nick i that is the sweetest thing i mean we all want our children to to feel that way that that's what they want and um knowing that your kids are gay doesn't change that at least for me as a parent uh, none of those wishes that you just expressed that I would want, that I want for all my children. None of that's changed. Well, and look at Nick's desires. His didn't change either. Right. Yep, and like, they're such righteous, pure desires. Yeah. You know, they're just, they are. And I think you, I think hope is what you need, you know, mm -hmm. hope that the Lord's going to share, give more light and knowledge to this. And, uh, and the fact that you're hanging on is remarkable. In, in any way that you can hang on because right you know that's what the lord asks he knows he knows that there's an inhospitable um an inhospitableness about the church as far as lgbt people right now he knows mm -hmm. that so yeah. uh he must be that more much more proud that you mm -hmm. love you that you can hold on i think it's remarkable and it just says so much about your family the way your family's handled it Thank you. Why we wanted to share this. <laughs> What's that? 
I have a good family for sure. Yeah. Let's, I mean, what advice would you give to like boys your age or boys coming out or even girls coming out? Because like what one thing that we did wrong that you wish we had done differently and one thing that really helped? Um, I would say the one thing that probably, it, it wasn't like intentionally to hurt me you know, obviously. Um, but when, when I first came out, there was kind of a, uh, a, a want to still figure it out. Like it was still like a, a puzzle and we're going to figure it out. And I, I think that making you straight. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, like I'm, like I'm a project and that's like the worst feeling ever. And I feel like that is, a lot of kids fears in a church like to to be that kid that like is the project of the like i don't know uh, uh and young men's president or something i don't know but it, it is kind of like um wait wait what was the question again like <laughs> like what, what, what we could have improved on yeah like like okay so not try to fix it is basically what you're saying yeah just yeah don't try to fix it um don't use words like or just don't use like the the words that would in in basically mean like okay this is just a phase you know i hate that i hate hearing it's just a phase mm -hmm. because deep down you know you've been feeling this way for uh 16 years so i don't think it's going anywhere you know <laughs> so a phase is that's a long phase um and then I would say one thing that really helped was um, I think that the fact that we were able to go to a um, an outside source for help, mm -hmm. even though like it was uncomfortable and even though like, you know, it's hard to admit like you, you need help, but like being able to sit down with a professional and talk to my parents and be able to do like a family session and talk about why I feel like I am not accepted. And they they talk about why they feel like they like want to be more accepting and how to be more accepting. And I, I think that being able to seek that help is very, very important because that it's, it's not just the church at that moment. There's a lot of things going on. There's a church, there's, you know, just the anxiety. And then there's like, I'm sure you're feeling depressed and I'm sure there are like self-esteem issues because yeah. that's kind of part of it. So being able to go to someone, yeah. And being able to go to someone and say, I'm having a, a few issues and I need to figure out everything and I need to put it all together so I can be happy again. And yeah. Like a neutral space is really helpful. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that helps the most, I would say was yeah. being able to be open to the, the conversations with a professional. And, and right now, like you're 23 living in Utah County, you know, going to college, what is your experience like there? Do you feel like there people are more openly accepting of gay people are, do you know I mean? Do you feel like it's changing or what do you think it's like? You know, I, about a year ago, I would say that it was very uncomfortable for me to like tell people that I was gay because, you know, I just get a bad reaction. But I feel like right now where we're at, like in this day and age, it's like awesome. Like I, it's, I, I don't get concerned anymore. Like if I, if I say something like that to a friend at a party or something like that, someone new. I, I don't even flinch. I, it just doesn't concern me. And it's, and it's nice to finally be like, okay, no, nobody really like makes a big deal out of it anymore. It's just an attribute, you know, it's just a little part of me. I, I totally see that. That's the most important part is making the person who is coming out feel like they're not just gay. There are a bunch of things. They're Nicholas Hunter. They're, you know, whoever, like, collector you're not, psychologist you're not gay boy you're not gay man yeah like, that's why i say like it's it's it. just yeah it's not that big a deal like not make it the biggest deal about that person yeah yeah 
I love it. I love that you're feeling the acceptance. I totally see it. And we're talking about Provo Orem area. Yeah. I mean, I remarkable. Yeah. It's, I mean, every once in a while you'll get like an old person that'll kind of look at you a little weird, but like, I expect that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So people have blue hair now. So like <laughs> they get weirded out every day, I'm sure. But no. um, like even the other day I went to a haunted house with some, some friends and um, some of my cousin Gray's like straight, uh, just good friends from Georgia. And they, they saw that I had makeup on for like Halloween. They didn't care at all. They didn't treat me differently at all. They were like, awesome to have a conversation with. I was like, I, I, I don't feel like I'm being singled out as being gay for anything. I feel awesome. Like, like I can just be myself and that's awesome. That's progress. It's, it's so hopeful, Nick, that you're feeling yeah. that. Cause if you're feeling that in Utah, in Utah, Mm -hmm. And uh, we know that the progress is happening and that people are opening their hearts to the, yeah. to really like get to know and understand LGBT yeah. people. And, and what more can we want? Right. Mm -hmm. People to understand, because once you get to know people, you it changes the way you think about everything that's in their life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So good. So good. You guys are so good to do this. This is hard. I know, Nick, you're so amazing to be this vulnerable. No, this is awesome, but so this, helpful. This that would be awesome. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, if you could help one boy or one girl with this, you know. And one parent to ease into the world yeah. that they need. I mean, Jenny and I talk about it. They're, um, you have to be able to shift into a different gear as a yeah. parent, which is really healthy for all your kids not just exactly we, no we tell our daughters all the time oh you're so lucky you had nick because he made us such a better parent <laughs> <laughs> really just knocked all the edges off didn't you that's right <laughs> i made it easy for everyone yeah <laughs> you're like you're welcome <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. it's gonna be it'll be helpful for so many uh, wow. parents to be able to shift into a better space and they'll see how darling you are and they'll want the kind of happiness and love you that you radiate. So thank you. Right. We love you, Nick. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Love Thanks you guys. For Bye. <laughs> nice Bye. to meet you. Nice <laughs> to meet you.